0: you're listening to Rockin' it where it leaders come to talk for every episode we open with a song chosen by our guests this one is a flashback to the 80s with tina turner called the best it probably defines really well our guest today she is ángeles blanco who is the global product owner of enterprise service management in santander global tech This is a company who serves the IT needs of one of the most globally distributed financial institutions in the world, the Spanish-based Grupo Santander. Her background is in law, project management, and change management, which in my opinion, makes her an expert in rolling out global technology initiatives that require large efforts. Now, she's connected to the fabric of transformative projects. For the bank, she has witnessed the challenges that modernization and digital transformation pose for such a type of organization. We started the interview exploring how to balance running the business with transforming it and serving such a wide array of needs in the bank's retail customers.
1: So I think that the challenge we are facing is making technology available to everyone independently of their background right? Um, Some years ago, uh, technology was kind of a restricted world. Only young people or or people with a very specific background were able to use uh, some of the applications and some of the features that the uh, IT people were releasing. However, the world has become more digital, And nevertheless, we still have people that do not have that kind of culture or that do not feel so comfortable using it. So I think that the challenge is keeping our customers satisfied, uh, no matter which is their background and which are their needs, and using the technology to make it easier and not more complicated.
0: So it's it's about striking a good balance between caring for the the more uh, avid technologists that want everything digital and they don't want to set foot in a bank office, and also caring for those that are you know the older generations that you know either for a deposit or withdrawal they'll still go to the old uh, bank branch.
1: Well, yeah, the pandemic has accelerated a lot this cycle. So, because of the restrictions and and the and the recommendations about not going uh, physically to to the places, this has been accelerated. But what we need to do is to make the customers to feel comfortable. So, people uh, probably go to to traditional channels because they feel more comfortable there. And that has a component of cultural things, but also has a component that sometimes technology is not so intuitive or so easy as the people that work in technology uh, think. And um, for some years, I I was working in in these kind of lines of of user experience and, and how you prepare your customers to adopt changes. And you realize that things that for you are very intuitive or very easy, or even how to explain it, when you put those things in front of somebody uh, that does not have your background, they are not uh, intuitive. They 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 require a lot of effort from the person to 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 grasp them. So I think that it. Needs to be an enabler for the people to feel comfortable and to feel that the bank is giving them the best service and that the bank is adapting to their needs without imposing um, without imposing the bank way of um, looking at the the bank approach, but with the Aim to help them to fulfill their financial needs.
0: Right. From the big cities to the small towns across the world, because you literally serve you know most of the world if if in one shape or form. Now, Angeles, you mentioned change management and, and as we talk about the retail customers, the corporate customers, and how they manage change and the digitalization. Uh, you in your role, you manage the change and adoption of global products that includes IT service management and software asset management. Those are two disciplines that are mature, uh, well-known in the IT world, but how do these two disciplines are in in interconnect with each other? How are these uh, interrelated? How does SAM support ITSM or or vice versa? Um, ITSM, uh, IT Service
1: Management, um has basically two two pillars. One is to contain all the IT processes, so all the processes that allow uh IT teams to, to govern their activities, to communicate uh, into the different departments and to communicate with the outside world of ITs, with the business uh, stakeholders, with regulatory stakeholders, so with everybody else. And then it has a second pillar that is the CMDB, which is uh, the, the database where we store all the assets of, of, of IT. And particularly this is very linked with software asset management because in the uh, CMDB, we store the hardware even if it's virtual hardware. And then in software asset management, we manage all the software that makes those assets to, to to run and to and to work right so what we need to find uh, and what we are working to find is um, an enrichment and an interaction between the two sides so we are able to understand which are the needs for us to have um, sound hardware asset uh, management and also which are the things that we need to do in order to uh, perform a sound uh, software asset management.
0: You're absolutely right. Hardware and software, I believe, are extremely important, but they are symbiotic as well. And hardware seems to be a lot more complex to manage because you have physical locations and uh, physical challenges in terms of security, especially in a financial organization. how do you see security affecting software asset management and IT service management in the in the brink of what we are hearing in the news these days about uh, massive exploitations of vulnerabilities in software in the federal government in the U.S., uh, multiple different uh, instances of uh, identity and, and information theft in companies in the European Union. How do you see security playing a role in both software asset management, and IT service management?
1: For us, cybersecurity is a, is a key piece. I mean, we have, for every initiative that we carry out, we have somebody from the CISO uh, team assessing us and checking that we do not create any vulnerability. Um, if you want to be in this business, you need to be cybersecure or at least to try to be um, I know that sometimes uh, there, there there are short paths uh, that try to get results very fast, but we are not following those uh, because we really think that uh, when you are managing the money of the people and the money of the companies, you cannot uh, allow yourself to not be a rigorous um, company and and, and to perform a rigorous um, work, right? So um, we are truly, truly, truly engaged with cybersecurity. It's part of our um, DNA. And every time we are going to make... uh, A new initiative that is big or a tiny uh, feature implementation on our product, we check it and we make sure that we are compliant with the recommendations and the policies that uh, cybersecurity issues, right? There is no other way. Uh, If you try to, to do it in another way, I think that you are creating a risk for your customers, and that is unacceptable, at least in, in our world.
0: Yeah, sure. Your, your duty to uphold and protect the brand that you work for in uh, security is one of those elements. Uh, in, in our conversations with other leaders, we realize how financial institutions, of course, are targets for cybersecurity attacks. Uh, One of the vectors of attack is, for example, how many ATMs are around the world that are still running aging software that is not being patched anymore, Windows XP and other things. You also mentioned in the beginning how the data uh, between software asset management, hardware asset management, and IT service management, the data enrichment helps you make decisions. Tell us about that enrichment. What kind of elements are you looking to enrich in your operation? Besides, for example, software titles, software categories, uh, life cycle dates that allow you to understand the the obsolescence.
1: Okay. First, I would like to to give you some context about the kind of volumes that we are talking about. Okay. So so in Santander, we have around... Uh, 125,000 logical servers, we have around 20,000 physical servers and around 250,000 laptops and PCs, okay? So when you need to manage that kind of of assets, um, you need to be very conscious that you are impacting a very large volume of people, and 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 um, that the complexity that all that um, volume of, of of assets is creating to you. Okay, what we are trying to do is to enrich all those assets with the information that we take from uh, software asset management uh, through Flexera. That is the tool that we are using to to help us in doing that. We have the CMDB uh, in service now. And so we are making an integration between the both of them because for us, the CMDB is the golden source. And what we want is to have not only the hardware information, but also the operative system that is um, that is running that asset and that impacts in the obsolescence and in being out of support, because it's not only the, 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 the hardware um, age, but it's also the combination with the operative system that we need to look at. Uh, also to to check which are the patches and the versions that we, that we have installed in those assets, so we are um, we are confident that that we are not uh having any known vulnerability uh alive in in our in our park right and this is what we are facing right now this this challenge of putting these two lines uh, connected, running independently, but enriching um, enriching the both both worlds to to be able to manage properly um, JT.
0: So you talk about security, about staying current. Tell me about the obsolescence challenges and, and being able to present a solid view into how the the bank and the Grupo Santander is staying current on uh, software and hardware, that it, it's also going to derive into better security, right?
1: Ocelesis a, is, a, is a problem that needs to be faced because it's not um, a fancy thing to, to to solve. It requires money, but it's not an initiative that is going to, to give you a lot of shine or a lot of exposure because it's like keeping your, your house clean, right? Uh, so it's not like buying a, a, a new car that is fancy and you can show and and, and it gives you a lot of satisfaction, but this kind of cleaning your house. And uh, this is a challenge because sometimes it's difficult to 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 understand that you need to put some money and you need to put um, financing on that if you want to avoid future problems. Like in the human nature is that we always prefer to do a new thing, a new initiative. It's more, you know, it, it has this this glamour, this uh, this shine of of a new thing instead of taking care of what we already have. But for us in the bank, we have learned a long time ago that to run the business is as important or even more important than to change the business. So changing and, and the business and, and transforming in it and, and trying to, to go in pursuing of the digitalization is very, very important but every day you need to open the bank and to be able to serve the customers that that rely on you. And to do that, you need to have um, assets that are well-maintained and that do not have obsolescence. Osolescence is a terrible disease because even if you do the things properly, if you not do not take care of maintaining your assets in a good shape, um, you are creating bad foundations for what you are building. And for us, it's kind of an obsession. We have several uh, strong programs of zero, to, zero tolerance towards obsolescence. And this is one of the pillars also, of one of the goals that we want to achieve with both uh, a strong program of software asset management and a strong program of IT service management, okay? To, to, to deal with it and to mitigate it and to eliminate it.
0: So do you believe that obsolescence brings... Unnecessary costs to the business
1: no 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 osolescence, uh, osolescence if you allow it to progress it effectively it it brings unnecessary costs because it's much better to prevent it okay so um it's something that you need to put your money on if you want to avoid. Uh, further huge costs. What I was trying to convey as a message is that sometimes it's difficult to to make uh, some of the stakeholders to understand this, this idea because, of course, it's fancier and it's more uh, attractive to start new initiatives. But as an IT department and an IT company we need to ensure that what we already have works properly and does not uh, create issues.
0: Got it, thank you. Ángeles, speaking about software asset management, uh, this podcast is sponsored by Flexera Mm -hmm. and Grupo Santander is a customer of Flexera in many countries and territories. Uh, what is your relationship with Flexera and how's, how has that relationship helped progress software asset management for Santander?
1: Even if Flexera is is sponsoring the, the program, I think Flexera is a very good tool. But what I wanted to, to to say is that the tool is never the solution by itself, okay?
0: Of course, yeah.
1: You need to take care of other things like the processes around it, the teams that are using it and to, to align them and, and to have everybody knowing which is the process, which is the right way of using it and which are the, the things that they need to to make sure that happen uh, besides having a good tool like, like Flexera provides, right? But just the tool is not going to, to, to solve uh, your software asset management processes. The tool can help, but you need to have a view and you need to have a strong um, procurement process um, with a a good relationship between uh, the, the, the IT people that consume that software, the business that claim that software to be used and the administrative and financial areas that, that control those purchases and, 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 that, and that usage, okay?
0: Yeah, the, the tool is the, the way you make your job a little bit easier by automating some of the things, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? exactly. Now,
0: Santander is a fairly mature organization that's global and wide, and based on the numbers that you shared before with us, you know, it, it's gigantic and complex. <laughs> without a tool, without any tool, how would you go about doing software asset management? How do less mature organizations that don't have access to these kinds of tools would go about software asset management?
1: Well, um, I think that that will mean a lot of manual tasks, a lot of Excel um, sheets and access (laughs) sheets, and uh, probably uh, depending on the size of the organization, uh, you can do it that way uh but when you reach a, a, a volume level you really need more sophisticated uh tools to support you right
0: Now let me, let me let me challenge you a little bit more uh can IT service management be a replacement for software asset
1: management I do not dare to give a standard recipe for 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 everybody right So as always, you need to analyze which are your requirements, which are your expectations and your needs, and then decide which is the best situation for you because nothing of this is free. So you always need to take into account the cost factor, right? And 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 sometimes if there were not budgetary restrictions, um, you will have another decisions taken but you, you, you also need to take this into account, of course.
0: Yeah, it's about you know, money, resources, and buy-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, uh, how do you get buy-in from the people that sign the check, <laughs> as we say, uh, to create these processes, to invest in all of the, the heavy lifting that you mentioned, right? Buying the tool is probably the first step, but then getting the people to adopt the processes globally you you made a career out of that change management and different organizations jumping in the bandwagon of, of global processes. How do you get buy-in for such a large, complex, and multi-year effort?
1: Well, because uh, they have very complex problems, and what you need to do is you need to provide a... Uh, simple solution or to simplify not a simple solution but a solution that is easy for the people that has the problem to adopt um you need to answer them with something that they they solve their problems in an easy way if you are able to do that uh Nobody is going to to refrain for, from um, establishing a relationship or, or or buying your idea or or buying your your initiative. Uh, sometimes the the problem is that there is a disconnection between what is the need, what the people wants to build, what are the uh, budgetary context. Uh, And to find a solution around that equation is what we try to do. So we try to provide our services taking into account uh, the context that we are um, providing those services, in which we are providing those services, and trying to understand which are the real needs of the people that we serve, right?
0: So matching the needs with results. Yeah, it, it,
1: it, uh, that it, that is that is key, uh, and, and and I really thank you for for mentioning that. I mean, the, one of the key words is delivery. So you can do a very good conceptual work and devise a very good initiative. If you are not not able to deliver it and to show the value it brings, it will not serve. It, it right. will be thrown away. So we have been able to to reach the stage that we are because we are being able to to prove to the entities that have put their trust on us that we are able to deliver.
0: And Alice, and- but, but these are global projects that take years for some sometimes to to deliver values. The one that you have been leading in, in Santander. How can you Get the patience <laughs> of, of, of the upper management to help you and, and stay patient with you until you get to those outcomes mm, or well, do you focus well, on more short-term delivery of value
1: yeah yeah we, 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 we are uh, using AI methodologies we are fully embedded in safe uh, in the safe uh, methodology. so it took us uh, six months. When we started to implement IT service management, it took us six months to deliver the first uh, version of it. And that version started to be used by Brazil, Okay, So that uh, was the first milestone uh, of the path And we are very focused on not having people waiting for ages until we deliver them a perfect product. We work with minimum viable products at the very beginning that then we start to enrich because for us, that's the key. I mean, um, we are not longer uh, being able to, to have somebody to commit with you. If you are promising something for uh, the next uh, 18 months, that, that right. is not going longer to be valid. Okay, you need to 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 show something in the next. What's the
0: maximum amount of time? Six. I was ask, six months.
1: Probably six months, or maybe sometimes okay. for. I mean, you have different axes. So for instance, for the CMDB, it took us longer because it it was. Um, it was very, very complex, but the processes were ready uh, you know, in six months, or the main processes, even we, we did not arrive to to deliver all of them. But the how cost... our,
0: for asset management, how much time does it take or should it take? For asset value?
1: for asset management we have calculated more or less, depending on the size of the entity, between three and four months. That, that is that's not bad at all. No, it's not bad. Uh, it's And I think it's fair because, of course, then you need to tell the customer that then they need to fine tune in some of the stuff. So nothing is going to be perfect the first time that you deliver it. But if there is this commitment between the customer and, and, and the people delivering it, um, everybody knows which are their expectations and which is the, the job. Uh, And I think it helps to build a a better relationship and a better understanding of the the people, right? For sure.
0: Angeles, I want to pivot to talk about how your background has influenced your leadership style because you have quite an interesting background. You are from Spain. That's where you live now. But you also lived in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, in Boston, in Italy. You speak Italian, you speak Spanish, obviously you speak English. Uh, You have a background in law, and also you were a a consultant. How does that help you be the leader that you are today? Uh,
1: I think that what you learn is that you need to listen to people because everybody has much more knowledge than what you have. And you also learn to 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 try to serve customer needs. So that is a very strong uh, driver for me, try to provide help to my customer, my direct customer, which can be a, a Santander entity, but then my final customer, which are the customers of the banks, right? And uh, when you live in different countries, you understand that this is valid, no matter the culture, no matter the country, no matter the the region you are at. When the customers feel that you are trying to give them value and that you are on your on on their side, even that you have your approach and your and your background, but you are trying to help them and to be flexible, but following uh, certain principles and 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 with honesty and transparency, that works for everybody in any part of the world.
0: I love that honesty and transparency. And speaking of that, I want to close asking you to put out their prediction and share with us something you are a you are a barca fan just like i am (laughs) is barca going to win something this year
1: i am so sorry and (laughs) i i do not think so i think that barca is facing a a huge crisis um and with all the sorrow in my heart I wish we can uh, reverse our uh, our cycle but uh, at this time of at this time I will say that we are um, we will need some miracles for us to do to do something okay
0: You know what I wholeheartedly agree with you to the sorrow <laughs> of my heart as you said but in any case visca barça
1: Visca, Barza, Thank you very much.
0: Ángeles, this this has been a great time. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of that knowledge and and passion with our listeners.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Um, Have a great evening. Thank you, both of you. Adios. Hasta luego. Gracias.
0: Flexera sponsors this podcast because of professionals like Ángeles who deeply care about returning value to their business through the optimization of their IT assets. Do me a favor and go to flexera.com and check out the just released report that they call State of Tech Spend. Again, State of Tech Spend. That's a mouthful. That they interviewed as the past couple of years they've had many professionals in the field and shared their findings, like the fact that despite the terrible 2020 that we've had, the top key initiatives for 2021 are still the same. These are digital transformation, cybersecurity, and cloud. But here's a a funny thing, cost savings was the initiative that was the largest increase year over year, tripling to 27% of respondents. One more tidbit for you. Respondents reported that the average IT spend as a percentage of revenue is less than 8%, with half of these people expecting to increase in the next year. Go check a look at the report and look at how Flexera can help you drive your business forward. This is Alejandro Lavi, your host on Rockin' IT.